Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself, Rob Lambert, and of course... With me, Helen Lazowski. How are you doing then, Helen? All good? I'm doing well. Well, we're melting in the UK right now, but you know. It is hot. It is hot. Although I say that sat in my studio with the air conditioning on, so... Um, and yeah. you've got to shut up, haven't you? Because you're not allowed to stay <laughs> It's hot outside. It's hot outside. Well, thank you so much to everyone who's been downloading the episodes. We were looking at the stats before we recorded them. Again, we're massively overwhelmed, so thank you. There's a newsletter as well at stationaryfreaks.com. And we're going to start putting some sections into this podcast, aren't we? Because we always start with a bit of a sort of ramble chat about stationery. Yeah. We're actually going to call this, aren't we, Helen? Stationery stories. Is that right? Well, yeah given the, the whole three and a half seconds that I thought about it, that's what we're calling it. Awesome. We like these quick decision-making. So <laughs> in the spirit of continuing to just, you know, solo waffle about stationery under the banner of this new title called Stationery Stories, what's your stories for the week then, Helen? So my first story is, I've actually, I'm stealing from somebody else. They were telling me, I have lots of conversations about story, uh, about stationery, um, Oddly enough, there are many stationary freaks out there, which is lovely. I was having a conversation with a chap who was telling me about dim and distantly in his past. He remembered working with a chap who uh, used to stick post-it notes on his tie. I, I was like, well, how on earth would that work? He said, well, because every time he went to speak to somebody, somebody would go, you know, you've got a post-it note stuck to your tie. He would look down and go, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten. Yes, I've got to do that. And it was like um, an external reminder to do something. And it... I loved the idea of this guy. I said, does it does it wear off? Was it something that, you know, once you knew he had post-its stuck to his tie to remind himself, you stopped mentioning it? He said, no, no. People used to go, oh, I see your tie's full today. And this is a, an idea. Just struck me as really entertaining. I mean, this is not what they were designed for, right? And yet, how well does that work? I love it. I mean, I'm used to, you know, <laughs> sticking post-it notes on people's back with, uh, you know, kick me on it or whatever. Because from, from, you're you know, incredibly childish, Rob, even at this stage. 100%. I, think, yeah. I did that last week, actually. So anyway, no, I didn't. Um, but yeah, that, I like that. That's a kind of like what I would call environment affordance, where you sort of hack your environment to get stuff done. That's an extreme example. I'm going through it in my head and thinking, we always used to buy super sticky post-it notes, didn't we? Because the regular ones just, let's Don't be honest, fall off the wall. How did they stay on his tie? Even super stickies, I'm thinking he's got a high chance of losing some of these as he's walking around the office. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know how they. I don't know how they stayed on either. I did not ask that. I mean, you know, my you didn't ask. Me, no, that wasn't the question I was thinking of at the time. <laughs> I do like that though. Um, my my son, when he's learning uh, know, Spanish or whatever subject he's studying at school at, at the moment with with the exams. He has post-it notes all over the house. So, you know, you'll go and have a shower and there'll be a post-it note on the mirror. And they're all over to remind him and, you know, keep sort of like sowing the seeds of that information. But sticking to your tie to get stuff done? Like uh, it's just one of those weird things. But, I mean, you know, I'm looking around now and I do the same thing but but differently. So I have a piece of pale washi tape stuck across the top of one of my screens. I have two because I'm lucky like that. Um, that has those four stoic um, values, that courage, discipline, justice, wisdom. Because I think if it's in my line of sight, uh, even if I'm not consciously reading it, it's catching my eye all the time. And uh, sometimes somebody uh, 
different people. It happens to be one of my directors at the moment gave me something, uh, just they, they gave me a comment and I thought that's a really good thing to say. I need to remember that. So I literally wrote it out and I've stuck it on, you know, with a bit of sellotape to another screen. And that means that wherever my eyes are drifting off to when I'm talking, which they do a lot, I'm seeing these constant reminders of, you know, trying to point me in the direction of my best self rather than whatever my default position would be. <laughs> I like it. I must admit, I've dug out some post-it notes. So remember, uh, we did a video on Instagram. So our Instagram handle is Stationary Freaks UK, and it's a, a reel that we did a while back. We don't do much on that, um, but that reel was me unboxing your stationary boxes. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It's still painful memory, Rob. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you left them with me for nearly three years, so technically they were mine at that point. It was a pandemic and a, a government edict that we didn't go out and collect our stationary boxes. That's true, <laughs> that's true. And they were too big to post. Um, but in there were a whole series of post-it notes, and I dug them back out, and they're sat on my desk, actually, because... I found myself writing on index cards and then I was getting through so many index cards that literally just had one line on it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm back to the post-its, sticking them on the monitor, sticking them on the wall, just stuff that um, needs to be done sort of almost immediately. Um, otherwise it would make it on its way onto another list. And we're actually going to talk about lists today, aren't we? But definitely short-term stuff, write it on there, stick it on the screen. And you reminded me uh, quite a few years back, I went to the primary school for a parents' evening and the teachers were explaining how they've been given these new iPads by the local government or whatever. And the whole point of these iPads was they could walk around and they take notes about the kids. You know, they see them yeah. studying, playing, oh, yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. And the idea was that you could just type them straight in there and there'd be a digital format and some sort of tool, whatever they're using. But the teachers didn't like that. And so what they were using was they were using the iPads to stick post-it notes to. I remember you telling Love me. Love it. Super expensive way of storing your post-it notes. On they stick quite well to an iPad. They do, but it was this sort of like, you know, we must technify everything and here's some iPads. And actually the teachers didn't want that. They just wanted to scribble on post-it notes and go back to their desk and do it. Um, I found that really quite interesting. I have to be honest, it's a curiosity of the human behavior, which is always interesting for me. So. A few weeks back in the last episode, actually, we talked about how I'd bought a Remarkable. Do you remember that? I do remember that, Rob. I think I might have mocked you. I may have even mocked you on our on our uh, podcast. I can't remember. I think you did. And I think during the podcast, uh, I was talking about how I still had 100 days to test this thing and I wasn't yeah. going to send it back. And it was awesome. And it was revolutionizing my uh, workflow. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what, Helen? I've sent it back. <laughs> well, you know... Uh... <laughs> Didn't see that one coming, Rob. No, it was inevitable. It was inevitable, really. So, yeah, I. it was very good. Don't get me wrong. It's a great product, but it was just so cumbersome and slow compared with the the sort of ability to just flick through a notebook and find stuff. You know, flicking through a Remarkable was just slow and tedious, swiping through stuff. Had a lot of benefits, but I'm back yeah. to pure analog notepads, definitely. So yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely, I, I'm in bullet journal world at the moment again, but I uh, have m moved on. I have pivoted slightly to how I'm using it, which is, happens a lot. I mean, that's the whole point, right? You're constantly trying to make it work for you. If you're a slave to what you used to do last week, uh, if it doesn't work anymore, you need to change it and not changing it is, 
is is foolish, right? That you're losing all the benefit of having a system. Unfortunately, there's that horrible few weeks where you try really hard and work out what works and what doesn't, and it's constantly not working. And then suddenly you find a few bits and then it's working again and it's fine. So yeah, I, I love my I love my lists. I love my my notes. We're going to talk about lists, aren't we? But do you, you know what I um, replaced my remarkable with though? I think you you saw it on Instagram. <laughs> or I messaged, I messaged you before the show, didn't I? You did. I, I think I told you before the show that my one response was idiot. I know. So the Remarkable's gone. Digital tool for an analog world. And I have gone way back into the 1950s. And I have bought a typewriter. Oh, bless you, Rob. Bless and you. I, I love it. It's amazing. In what way is it amazing? I'm, I'm interested genuinely. I mean, apart from the mocking you because I can, I'm interested to know what makes it so cool. Well, there's a few things, and and maybe we'll do a dedicated podcast on on this idea anyway. Uh, maybe not necessarily about a typewriter, but it's sat on my writing bureau. R- listeners will know I bought a writing bureau. I love that thing. It's old school, brilliant, and it sits there on there with some nice paper next to it. And whenever you have an idea, or I have an idea, I go over, feed some paper in, and bash, bash, bash on the keys. There's no distraction. There's no internet. There's no electricity needed. There's nothing there. It's just me bashing away on the keyboard. There's a limited amount of space. So with a digital document, you can just keep going. With a typewriter, you kind of have to slow down and think, really think through what you're actually actually putting down onto the, the paper. But one of the other pieces, and I think we talked about this with Helen Callahan. We did. On she, our she had, yeah, she's got one, hasn't she? Yeah, but I think when we were talking about how she uses stationery to write books... One of the things that she hit on, which is something I've been a big fan of, is with analog tools, <clears throat> like a typewriter or a notepad, you can't really undo what you've written without Tipex and various other pieces of paper to stick over it. Yeah. So even though you might not use that line, you might put a line through it on a, a notepad or even on the, the, you know, the typewriter, I'll put a line through. I don't want to use that sentence anymore. You still have a record of it. You still have that thought and you can muse about it and go back and forth and look at the things you thought you wanted to say that you don't want to say. And I've been writing all of my scripts. I've been writing all sorts of ideas using a typewriter, and I'm absolutely loving it. It's brilliant. No distractions. How long have you been using it for? Because, I mean, you know, there's always the honeymoon period, Rob. I don't mean Mm. to sound cynical, but, you know. You're right. You're right. And I think when we did the last podcast, I was in the honeymoon period of The Remarkable. (laughs) You were. And I think I'm still in the honeymoon period of the typewriter, so it's only been a week. Okay. I paid... The princely sum of £35 for this thing. Um, okay. So not a ma- massive investment. I mean, the Remarkable was significantly more money than that. Uh, yeah, the Remarkable was like £420-odd. This was, I think I paid £35 in the end with a full brand new ribbon of ink on there. So it's an <laughs> Olivetti. It's an old school one. It's not, you know, one of these Coronas way back from the sort of 1920s, but it's, I think it was 1957, something like that. Yeah. Still works. Everything looks, it's got... It's got a bit of a funky smell about it. It definitely needs to clean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sort of, you know, antique shop uh, warehouse kind of smell still to it. Um, but yeah, it's just such a wonderful device. I, I really enjoy it. I'm very happy for you, Rob. I look forward to the next podcast. I'll be asking after it. <laughs> yeah, it will probably have gone by then. <laughs> oh, well, send it my way. I quite You've made it sound really cool. I quite fancy having a go now. You know what, I was I was talking to some people doing some work on our house and um, I thought I was the only one that had an arch nemesis. Do you have an arch nemesis, Helen? No, good God, that's too much effort. You don't? No. Well, pretty much everywhere I've worked, I've had an arch nemesis, somebody who has 
the complete opposite view of I think how a business should run. And um, oh, I have had them. Yes, I not now, but I have had them in the past. Yes. Yeah. So I thought it was just sort of me, but then I was talking to some some of the guys and. One of the, the tradesmen has an arch nemesis who happens to have exactly the same first name and happens to do exactly the same trade. And they've never met each other, but apparently both of them hate each other. And I came back down to the studio after that and bashed out an entire two sides of A4 and turned that into a story. And that I don't think would have happened with a digital tool. I'd have opened my laptop, I'd have had a notification of some emails, I'd have you know, being distracted by stuff I needed to do. And the typewriter is, I'm here at this place and this is what I do. Wonderful. Love it. <laughs> anyway, we are going to talk about lists and we're going to pitch it in a way that is when life gets a bit too busy, you know, you're overwhelmed, you've yeah. just got stuff coming at you. Lists are your friend. They Helen, are. why are they your friend? I love lists. So I do suffer from this overwhelm and... um I'm quite good at juggling several things at once for a short amount of time, but you will find me reaching for some way to write it down so that my brain doesn't try and have to remember it all. So I make lists. I make lists about everything. I have lists of the lists I need to make, and that's not even a joke. I have, and that's, you know, partly from the bullet journaling, but, you know, I have lists of the things that I am writing on my writing course at the moment. I have lists of the things I need to book for the holiday for next year I have lists of the things I need to do obviously for work I have lists of the things I need to do for my home stuff and I have lists of when I talk to various people so I have different lists for different people so when I talk to this director here's the list of the things I need to talk about when I talk to my management meeting here's the things I've got to talk about so all these lists help me not just not forget stuff but compartmentalize it so that it's easy for me to find and utilize as soon as I need it because otherwise my brain gets full and the feeling of lack of control and I am a little bit of a control freak I don't think that's going to be a surprise to anyone who knows me um that feeling of no control because I don't know what it is I don't know and I can't see the world it need to see it on paper so yeah that's me in my lists I love a list me too (laughs) but I've got a, a few questions um and I know, I think I know the answer. It's one of those rhetorical questions yeah. that a stationary freak asks another stationary freak. <laughs> I'm assuming that you have different containers for each of these lists, or at least, you know, three well, or four different notebooks for different purposes. <laughs> I do. So I have a notebook for my one-to-one notes, which is not really a list, but it is kind of. So when I talk to each of my direct reports, I have in there a, a short list of the things that I need to make sure that I've mentioned to them or covered with them. I have a notebook, which is the list of questions that I will ask every single interview I do, interviewee that I do. I have a a set list of interviewee questions. I do have a notebook, which is how all my writing stuff in. Again, lists are short, but that's a place that they get held. I have my bullet journal, which actually has most of my lists in and the pages are divided up to divide up the lists or separate the lists and then I have actually different pages for different lists and in I have another notebook as well which is for the <laughs> holiday lists I, I I even as I hear it I can hear it doesn't sound healthy does it and yet it works <laughs> are they 
well, I mean, you know, if it works for you and, you know, we love stationary and so we're doing, we're doing a podcast yes. on it. I was trying to explain to the builders why we'd started a podcast on stationary. And um, I know, they, people look at you like you're crazy, don't they? Yeah, I'm not sure I could give them a real answer that didn't, you know, have them looking at it with scorn and content, you know. You know, <laughs> the answer I always give, the answer I always give when people say, "What? why are you doing that? Because some people out there listen to it. That's, That's my true. answer. Yeah, we, thank you, you know, to everybody who, who is slightly crazy enough to listen to a podcast about stationery on a regular basis as well you know what everybody loves stationery i've found that uh, to some degree and i think you know that's the power of it isn't it you know everybody can connect with that favorite pen they've had or yeah. the way that that notebook made them feel or the work that they got done through you know a different way of working with stationery artists all that sort of stuff so i think people do love it i'm not sure the builders bought that answer but there you go and um, <laughs> Let me ask you a question here then, Helen. Are all of your lists always analogue? No. So I um, do use, mm, I kind of use Moleskine Balance at the moment. I think we talked about this last time. That's supposed to be really like a habit list, I think. So here are the things you need to do every day or you need to have done three times this week or something like that. I'm finding that less helpful than I would have liked hmm. it's a bad thing and i quite like the app but i'm finding i'm not using it at all certainly for the things that i need to do and then i also have um todoist which is the it's an app again electronic app but i think we've talked about it before yeah. and i have to be honest it's stuck with me through thick and thin so i have lots of things on there that i do regularly so reminds me to uh i don't know water the orchids because i have to do that every week but i forget um and i don't do it religiously which is why my orchids don't flower very well so <laughs> this kind of reminder uh, things like don't forget you've got to pay for the car tax this month or um you know uh, the other thing is, is when i sign up for a free trial i remind myself to cancel that free trial by using todoist because you can set these reminders and and it also reminds me to say in a year's time you've decided to do this for a year do you want to keep doing it and in, ironically i've just done exactly that with a product called calm i don't know if you've heard of this c-a-l-m yeah, I think we, you mentioned it on the, the last podcast, actually. Yeah. yeah, so I haven't used it for ages. And I had a thing come up very recently in the last oh, couple of weeks to say, hey, do you want to renew this? And it's not vastly expensive, but I do like to stay on top of this subscription habit that I have. Um, and I thought, well, I'll go and have another look. But I haven't used it for a year. There's no, And I found that I can have background music, all sorts of background music on my computer using it in a way that I, certainly I hadn't ever used it before. So the reminder made me go and check it out and I've decided to subscribe for another year just based on the joy that I've had out of it for the last five days, really. So <laughs> Nice, yeah. nice. That's good. I, I do a lot of that, you know, um, storing stuff in Todoist to, you know, delete stuff, get rid of Evernote, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I often jump back into the tool and realise, oh, actually, I probably should use this and then subscribe for another year and don't use it. And... <laughs> The yeah, cycle continues. Like yeah. I do apologize, listeners, if you can hear all sorts of drilling and digging. We are having a house renovation and they have just brought the dig around the back. Apologies. <laughs> I can't yeah. hear it, Rob, I have to say, but I do want to know what your, your builders... I, we should ask you, but maybe we can interview the builders about how well they use lists. I'm feeling this could be a really interesting 
podcast or somewhat brief maybe yeah although actually interestingly very first day when they turned up and demolished the garage i was asking them you know have you got like a plan schedule how do you do this sort of stuff you know we know broadly the dates when things are going to get done first plate second story all that kind of stuff but obviously with the weather and you know building inspections and availability of goods and what have you they tend to just know broadly which areas they're moving to 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 do certain bits but they did write a list and you know what that list was do stuff no, that list was a list of all of the builders and how they take their hot drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and what was genius was they wrote it on the wall in the kitchen because obviously oh. that wall's getting <laughs> taken down. Yeah. And it had all of their names with, you know, basically it's quite straightforward. It's three teas, two coffees, everyone has milk and two sugars. So, <laughs> but I thought that's genius. I love it. So yeah, lists are everywhere. Do you keep lists then, Rob? I mean, are you? I know that I am a, a compulsive lister, and you've commented it on it in the past. But, uh, you know, what about you? How is your list taken? 100%. I am writing lists constantly. And they're, they're sporadic in their nature, except for the last two weeks I've been running a controlled experiment with something I created about five or six years ago called Shipping Forecast. Now, let me explain. The Shipping Forecast was just my stupid name for a list of things that I am going to commit to shipping, as in getting done, moving to the right, publishing, producing, whatever. And I called it Shipping Forecast, and it was a commitment of things I would do in a, in a given time span, usually a week. So I'd say, this week, I am going to ship these things. And I watched a YouTube channel call by a guy called Van Neistat, and we've, we've chatted a little bit about this. Yeah. He's the brother of Casey Neistat, who is a world-renowned YouTube famous YouTuber. And Van Neistat was the guy that inspired me to go out and finally buy a typewriter because he's done a a pretty good video on that. And he did a video on to-do lists and how he has his to-do lists. And it's definitely worth watching if you like lists because it's it's simple post-it notes stuck to a sheet of paper, stuck in his back pocket, and he just scribbles on post-it notes and sticks them on this paper in various different quadrants depending on what he's doing. Yeah. Then he keeps them all in a filing cabinet. So he hole punches them, sticks them in a you know binder and keeps them all. So you can go back and, and look at it. And and his view was that these to-do lists are a combination of, you know, uh, burnout, yeah. as in you're constantly putting stuff on there. But also he said, well, the person I am today is because of a to-do list six months ago. You know, the shirt that he was wearing would have appeared on a to-do list at some point in the past. You know, the article or the video would have been on the to-do list. It was a really interesting video. So I hacked around with my shipping forecast, and I'll share a picture on the Instagram channel. And it's a sheet of A4 that gets printed with four boxes on it. The yeah. content I need to do this week, the ideas backlog. So this is just to scribble on, you know, things that come to my mind. Yeah. A do list rather than a to-do list. And that's definitely something from Van Neistat's video. So I'll include a link. I recommend you go and see the difference between yeah. a to-do list and a do list. Uh, do list basically being things that I am in the process of doing. So that all gets added to the house list. And then there's a big column on the left, which is for life. So fill that. That gets filled in every sort of Saturday, Sunday, and I work the list all week. I do have loads of other lists. Todoist is still there. I use that to populate the shipping forecast, but also notebooks full of lists, lists that I want to do, lists of things that I should do, lists of ideas for improving the business, this podcast. I've got a list of what we were going to talk about today on the podcast. Every time we record one of these, I write a list of all the things we did actually talk about for the show notes. (laughs) 
Sometimes they even match, Rob, eh? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And actually, using the um, typewriter, I've typed up my bucket list, the yeah. ultimate list of things that I want to do because I wanted it typed up and I'm just crossing them off one at a time as I go through them. So lists are everywhere. And I think one of the reasons, the big reason why I like lists is I use them on paper mostly because what I found with Todoist is I would just fill Todoist with a thousand things that I could do. It could store millions of records, no doubt. Whereas this A4 sheet of shipping forecast can only store so much. There's a limited amount of space. And that to me is the power of writing a paper list. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, but definitely, I still get overwhelmed and I write lists about why I'm overwhelmed and lists about how to improve the list. <laughs> <laughs> list improvement techniques. So I've got one other thing to talk about um, from Lists' point of view, which is, so you'll know I'm doing this uh, writing course, which I have to say, I cannot tell you how much joy it is um, to do. I don't always manage to do, there are optional homeworks that get set. And I don't always, certainly whilst the summer holidays have been on, I haven't managed to necessarily uh, deliver those. But the joy of sitting down every couple of weeks and just focusing on it has been so, so worthwhile. And one of the things that, that, that she's taught us about is this idea of writing, creative writing, using lists. Now, this is okay. bumped up my street, right? And the idea is, is that you start, uh, you know, you start with anything and then literally write a list of questions. Don't answer them, just write a list of questions that you would, as if you were going to interrogate the person who said this one thing to you um, or who told you this one thing. And then you write all these list of questions and then you go through and you just edit the questions. Which ones of those do I not really care about the answers to? Oh, okay. Then like you write that. answers to those questions that you've kept. And this is a way of spinning out a story, pulling it from your brain, from literally bootstrapping it from nothing. Uh, was really fun and not a way I've used lists before. But it did, interestingly, remind me of a tool which I absolutely adore called Workflowy. Mm. And you want to talk about minimalism. Workflowy is fab. It's a browser-based tool and it literally is a list of bullet points that you can then indent and do more bullet points. And I used to use this to write talks or uh, think through an idea because I could organize my my thoughts into a list indent to put sub thoughts against that one topic and yeah. once the list got unwieldy i knew it was time to move into like a, a proper you know either powerpoint or word or <laughs> you know one of these other huge great um proper yeah. things creating properly but it helped me get my ideas together and i love workflowy because it is a listing app and it's so simple yeah, Workflow is great. I, I used to use it quite a lot, but I think I tried to use it for everything and I tried to use it as a to-do list and yeah, everything. Yeah, and, yeah. A, and I really struggled and gave up um, probably the, a, a good tool for doing, it's basically an outliner, isn't it? You yeah. can just outline stuff and nest lists within lists. Um, my preferred tool for that, of course, is Mind Map. We've, we've talked about that yeah. before. But I do, yeah, Workflow is a, I'm going to have to go and have a look now, Helen. Thanks. It's awesome. And I mean, every now and again, I don't know, I might not open Workflow for six months, but when I do, there's, I mean, I don't know how, you know, secure or safe it is. It doesn't really matter. There's no information in there that's in any way interesting. But I have got things like, this is what my mortgage is, which means that 
this is what it would be for in five years time, 10 years time, whatever. And over yeah. the years, this is all built up. And I looking at where I thought I'd be versus where I am on the repayments and such like really, really interesting to see where oh, I managed nice. to get it more off or right now where I haven't because, you know, nobody's got any money. I find that really, really useful. So as a historical list that you keep, and I don't have many of those, all my lists are very transient generally but yeah. virtually i use it for a longer term and it's hugely useful for that i do wonder whether we need to uh, do an episode on life logging i think is essentially that mortgage thing triggered you know that sort of record of what you plan to do what you do and and sort of life logging i wonder whether we do an episode on that in the future i quite, I quite like that idea i also think that there's that whole idea of I mean, we were talking about being overwhelmed earlier, and I did, I think, when we first started doing these podcasts, I pitched an idea to you about this idea of getting a grip on your life. Yeah. What is it that are the, the, the five or ten most important things that I need to kind of know about? I need to know stuff and keep stuff together. And I that idea of, you know, where am I with uh, my finances? Where am I with my health? Where am I with my... And those kind of... And then under that thinking, you know, what is my rent right now? You know, am I, let me take the time to sit and work out if I am overspending or underspending. Where does all my money go? Is that all sensible? You know, mm. I have a bit of an Amazon habit, which I hate. Oh God, yeah. I can't help, you know. Uh, so, and Etsy, dear God, I spend a fortune on Etsy. Largely on stickers, Rob, you'll be unsurprised to know. There you go. But that idea of, you know, can I see where all my money's going? So from a health point of view, I say I can't lose weight, but am I actually tracking what I'm eating? So mm. um, slightly separately, another piece of stationery I bought recently was um, a book on uh, for logging my food. So I have type 2 diabetes and they are, I've always managed it with my um, food intake very carefully. During the pandemic, it got a little bit away from me, um, unsurprisingly. <laughs> and unfortunately, I've now had to get, uh, I, last time I had a checkup, they went, holy crap, this is not great, Helen. So I have done a deal, because that's me. So I said, well, I'll go back to doing really, really carefully annotating, writing down everything that I eat, uh, doing a finger prick test to check my blood sugar levels at the right points in time. And I've learned some things, which is I don't behave now. My body doesn't behave now in the same way as it did five years ago. But by yeah. keeping that list and keeping that record, I can go back in what will be for me three months time after that first meeting to say, you know, damn it, I need to go onto the tablets. I throw in the towel. Or if I really, really strict with myself and I now know the new ways my body behaves, I can do this. So that list keeping um, is really useful, I think, for just controlling yeah. and understanding areas of your life yeah yeah definitely definitely i wonder whether yeah we'll do an episode on life logging i've added that to our episode list as you <laughs> as you would appreciate and I'd, I'd like to do an episode as well in the future just to let our listeners know i've started a journaling technique which is a one-line single update journal do you want to hear um... a bit more or shall i leave the teasing there well i've heard about this so that, that one line a day kind of thing yeah, well, this is different. Is I went to a charity shop. I'll just tease you on this, and maybe we'll do an episode on this uh, combined with some more journaling because that's actually uh, our listeners. Uh, from what you can see with the numbers, journaling is quite an interesting topic to a number of you. Uh, let yeah. us know in the comments, of course. I went to a charity shop, and I saw 
a whole pile of index cards, an index card box, you know, one of those old plastic ones yeah, with yeah. a lid that rotates over the top. Naturally, being a station freak, I didn't need it, but I bought it. It was <laughs> uh, £2.50, and that included all the index cards, of which there are about 200 in there. So I thought yeah. it was a bargain. Great. And the idea is, is that each index card, on the day that you remember to do it, and obviously if you can do it daily, that's awesome, is you just write the date at the top. So at the top of the card, I have written down, for example, the 8th of September. Yeah. And the first line is the year. So I've written 2023, and I've written recording episode of Stationary Freaks podcast with Helen, boring day at work, <laughs> builders <laughs> here making lots of noise, and that's the line. And what you do is you do that every year. And over the time, this card for the 1st of September should have a yearly record. So in seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years time, it'll be 2033. And if I'm still here and still doing this, I will have a record of all the things that happened on that day. And I saw it on Instagram and I thought, I want to try that. So I'm trying it and I like it. Do you know, that reminds me of, uh, oh, a long time ago, Rob, I don't know if you remember, I decided to write every single day to record one thing I learned that day. Yeah. I did it for 365 days and then I nice. grouped them together and posted them as a blog uh, as a blog post. And the idea was that I could group together, here are the things I learned, here are the things that I'd forgotten and relearned, here are, mm. you know. And I put them together in kind of whatever kind of grouping made sense at the time. I love um, that. It was really, really interesting and what was more interesting to me was how many people thought what my one line a day how many what people thought was so interesting about that because it was a really popular blog post and that was very strange for me yeah well I might do the same thing with this after a year and uh, and the thing is it doesn't matter if you miss a day really you know you just uh, start that first entry yeah. of 2024 rather than 2023 yeah and it's sat next to me in the studio so whenever I'm down here Monday to Friday usually occasionally at the weekend I'll fill in one of these index cards and over the course of five, six, seven years, there might be an interesting record to look back on and go, what an idiot, what a total waste of time that was. That yeah. might be the outcome, but we'll see. All right, cool. I have added the editing of this podcast to my to-do list. And um, <laughs> with that, we've we've had a good chat. It's been good. We, yeah. are, we are list freaks. <gasps> we are list freaks. I mean, and you know, it feeds so well into being a stationary freak. Yeah. 100%. I mean, if anything, that's really the, I would say, the predominant use of stationery is in some way to produce a list of something. Absolutely. Thank you so much to our listeners again. Um, stationaryfreaks.com is our web address. You'll find a link to the newsletter on there. Stationary Freaks UK is our Instagram handle. So please pop on there and say hello. Um, we do keep promising we'll do a bit more on there and we don't. So we're not going to promise that anymore, are we, Helen, I think? No, and I think you're looking at me. That's a very pointed bar because it is me who doesn't do it. So, yeah. No, no, no. I think life's just busy. We've got a build going on here and work and you've got, you know, your yes. lists to maintain and your orchids <laughs> to flower and water. Well, it journal stickers to stick, Rob, I think. That's it. Stickers, stickers, stickers. And actually what we'll do is an episode in a few weeks after I get back from Romania where I'm off to oh, do an immersive workshop with stickers yes, and posters. Yes. Yeah, loads of stickers. I'll do a little video for my other channel, but I will obviously uh, report back on how other people respond to a massive barrage of stickerisms. I bet people love it, Rob. Bet I they reckon, love it. I reckon there'll be some haters. <laughs> <laughs> With that, thank you, everybody. And yeah, we will catch you in the next episode. So that's a thank you from me, Rob. And of course, thank you from me too. Take care. Bye. Bye.